10-3 is brought to you by Odyssey Golf. I gotta say, this is a stroke of genius. The new Stroke Lab putters from Odyssey are engineered to build a better stroke. Odyssey completely rebalanced the putter by using a multi-material shaft that moved weight towards the head and the grip. You'll feel the difference immediately. And with every putt, you'll actually be building a better stroke. And a better stroke is what makes more putts. The new Stroke Lab from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Learn more at odysseygolf.com. A debate has sprung up in Canada over the controversial practice of gay conversion therapy. Cities and provinces have banned it, organizations have called it harmful, and now there is discussion over making the practice a criminal offense. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. We look at why conversion therapy is seen as harmful to the LGBTQ community, what it entails, and the legal questions around a push to criminalize it. If you haven't already done so, go subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or Spotify, and please leave us a rating and a review. Leanne Falder is a features writer for the Edmonton Journal. So Leanne, starting with the basics, what is conversion therapy? That's one of the problems with uh, writing about conversion therapy is there's a wide range of definitions. So, Mm -hmm. you know, some people refer to conversion therapy literally as anything from your grandma saying she thinks she'll go to hell because you're gay to your parents when you come out to them saying, are you sure? To practices uh, a while ago, which would involve things like, you know, aversion therapy or attaching electrodes to parts of your body, including the penis, and then exposing you to photographs of same-sex intimacy and then uh, delivering electric shocks if you responded. So there is quite a wide range um, of of, uh, definitions. Now, when we talk about the debate currently going on, not only in Alberta, but in Canada, uh, there's been talk of, of banning the practice federally. We're more talking about kind of the extreme end of it. I don't know if anyone in Canada is still using electroshock therapy as part of conversion therapy practices, but we're, we are talking about more organized, more, uh, I guess, organized shaming and and faith-based practices, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, when it comes to banning conversion therapy, again, because it's such a broad definition, um, I think the federal government was talking about uh, bringing, bringing a ban in that would, have, that would be a criminal ban. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, you know, we don't really know what's going on um, in Canada that could be defined as criminal activity. That's just not clear. But there are a wide range of ways to to ban conversion therapy, um, including things like that they've done in St. Albert, you know, making it um, not possible to get a business license if you include conversion therapy in your business model. And then, of course, provincially, there's a number of different um, restrictions in place. So no longer uh, can people... A bill for practices um, to do with conversion therapy through provincial healthcare programs. Um, certainly, associations like psychology associations and other professionals in the healthcare field are not allowed to bill either for those kinds of practices, and so they're very difficult to um, to discern. So, if we have regulations in place that prohibit health professionals from billing for this service um, or this practice, who is it that would be providing this? therapy? Who's currently doing this? 
Well, you know, I don't know for sure. <laughs> you know what uh, what um, what people tell me when I do interviews about this. Uh, people will say, "Well, you know, it's been driven underground," mm -hmm. and so you know, I have heard things like uh, people being sent to camps in the United States by their families, where they would undergo uh, certain kinds of psychological therapies. You know, the people that I interviewed for my story had uh, had experiences within their faith based communities. Okay, so they'll be you know uh, offered counseling. Um, one gentleman. I spoke to uh, went to a program called Living Waters um, that's since been changed. The organization's changed its name to Journey Canada, but this was in 2005, and and he went to a you know for a number of months would attend weekly sessions uh, dealing with uh, the Bible and praying and so on, but also involving kinds of therapy, um, things like uh, being being reborn in a therapeutic fashion, so being covered with dark blankets and then sort of being asked to sort of squirm through them as if you were emerging from the womb. Then when he got out of there you know, then being held by women in the group as if you were a baby and, and being born again. So, you know, some of it's a bit odd. There's mm -hmm. no question about it. But it's very, again, very difficult to pin down. That that happened to this gentleman I interviewed in 2005. Um, but there are people who say that organizations are still carrying on, if not quite that extreme or silly <laughs> a practice, are still doing things to discourage people from being gay. How do these practices purport to solve the alleged problems of someone's quote unquote gayness. You know, that's not really clear to me. You know, again, the gentleman that I spoke to who had been through this practice back in 2005, you know, said that he was asked to go through his family tree and look for people who had sinned. Perhaps they were alcoholics or abusers of, of some description. And this could be one of the reasons he was having these gay feelings because the gay feelings are just are, are thought to be bad. So, you know, they're trying to cure bad feelings. Um, you know, I, I, do, I do find myself dissolving when I try to explain yeah. <laughs> because it makes no sense. Is there any proof that any of this is actually successful? No, no, <laughs> not at all. And in fact, um, the Canadian Psychological Association has, has issued a statement saying, you know, there's no proof that this works, that you can talk people out of being gay and in fact is very harmful and traumatic. What harms are they talking about here? What kind of trauma or, or potential harm is there? It, through your research for this story, what did people say are their concerns? I think that it's 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 you know it's traumatic to be told over and over in different forms and perhaps by your church or or your cultural groups that how you feel is wrong um, and that you're bad for feeling that way. Now I have to say that in my conversations with people and I and I'm continuing to do more work on this topic because it's very very interesting and, and super important. Sometimes faith based groups will work with people who have gay feelings. Uh, to to help them deal with those because some faith based groups think that you know the the Bible doesn't allow uh, sexual relationships between uh, anyone other than men and women. Mm -hmm. So in if that's deemed to be wrong, then people in those communities will try and help you deal with those feelings and 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 offer oftentimes I heard this on a couple of different occasions, often offering very sympathetic and supportive and kind support. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, still telling you that what you're feeling is just not going to fly here within our community. So I, I don't know, have, not having been through this myself, but from the people that I spoke to, you know, it's part of the larger cultural context for some people of being gay, which is that you are faced at every turn with an objection to the way that you are. Mm -hmm. And that over time is very, very debilitating um, and hard on people. 
we talked earlier about municipalities like St. Albert, Alberta, um, banning uh, the practice or trying to ban the practice by refusing business licenses to organizations who may offer that as part of their business model. What's the landscape like currently in Canada? Are, are there provinces where it's already been banned through billing? Um, and are there other cities who are looking at uh, at doing the same? Mm-hmm. Well, Edmonton City Council has that topic on on its agenda right now, looking at what can be done municipally in our city to prevent conversion therapy from happening here. Um, city administrators have said in their in their direction to council that these gestures may be largely symbolic because mm-hmm. it's not at all clear that it's going on here in our city. But yes, indeed, in other provinces, uh, including Manitoba and Nova Scotia, you know, they have looked at things like just saying very clearly that no billable practices um, will be, you know, there's no, it's not possible to bill for these services with, within the healthcare system. And also sending out a warning to their professional organizations within those provinces saying, and you too will make sure that nothing can be billed and that people are who are uh, members of your association will not be practicing this. But if the if provinces are saying you can't bill for it, but it's being carried out by, in a lot of cases, faith-based groups, even those kind of bans are are largely symbolic, right? So we we look right now, and um, Edmonton MP Randy Boissonneau, who's I think the the federal government's special liaison to the LGBTQ community, that's part of his portfolio. He's talked about a federal ban. Where are we at with that? Is that something that could come up in this fall's election, or is that something that the government has said that we're just going to do before we get moving? What has Boissonneau said about that? Wasano has said that it's, it, it certainly is on the agenda right now. You know, the writ will be dropped for the election quite shortly, mm-hmm. and it, it's not going to be possible for them to put anything on the table in terms of real legislation until until after the federal election. But it would not surprise me a bit to see it brought up as something that Randy Boissano is going to be um, pushing for as yeah. part of his election promises. I mean, the problem will that the federal government will run into when it tries to deal with this issue is that and I did some research on this with the um, constitutional expert at the University of Alberta. Uh, and the problem is that if you are talking about faith-based groups, there is um, a real serious issue that could be brought up in terms of people having the right to practice their religion in the way that they see fit. Mm-hmm. And also there is an issue um, around personal security. Here in Canada, our constitution guarantees us the, you know, the right to personal security. And if somebody as an adult decides that he or she is uncomfortable with their own sexuality and doesn't want to be gay and wants to enter some sort of therapy program within a faith-based community or any other any other place, um, they are within their right to do that. And making those kinds of activities criminal um, could have could have a charter Implications now. The federal government isn't going to do that because they're going to know right away what the charter mm-hmm. um, guarantees people. But they do guarantee people a freedom of expression and religion and personal security. So this area is quite great, and it will not be easy in any way for the federal government to tackle this as a criminal issue. Could it be a case that they they look at protecting minors first? That they take a step and say, "Well, we're we're going to ban forcing minors into this practice because you know." generally speaking, according to law, like people who are below the age of 18 don't necessarily have agency. And so to end up in a practice like that, they would have to be put into conversion therapy. Could that be the first step 
or would it be a we're going to blanket ban it for everybody? Well, that is, you know, one idea is to make it a, a ban for minors only. But the problem is if you're going to, as the federal government, make a claim that this is a harmful practice, mm-hmm. but you decide to exclude a great part of the population from protection from the harmful practice, that that erodes your argument in the mm-hmm. first place. So yes, you could say this is just going to be something we're going to protect minors against, but, you know, it does speak to the overall issue is which is, is this serious enough um, to enact a ban? Uh, and if it is, then why are we excluding a great swack of the population? And the government has said it's a harmful practice and they're looking at, at banning it. So I, yes. I, yeah. Could a ban on conversion therapy impact what kind of people would just see as day-to-day operations of churches in Canada? Mm-hmm. Well, this is the very gray area, right? And this is where the federal government would find itself um, really probably struggling to define conversion therapy in order to make to criminalize the behavior. But what goes on in lots of contemporary Canadian evangelical churches, including Fellowship Baptist here in Edmonton, where I interviewed the pastor, is that evangelical churches don't believe in same-sex marriages and don't believe in sexual relationships between men and women. So you know, those teachings and those practices are part of the, you know, the ongoing dialogue in those churches all the time. And so, you know, that's people's religion. And it's going to be very, very difficult for the federal government to to say much about that because that's very much protected in our constitution. Where do we go from here? Is it just a wait and see how the election unfolds? We could have a new government in the fall, which, which could turn around and kind of put that issue on the back burner or not deal with it the way that the the liberal government has has said um kind of where does the landscape sit now well you know it's interesting i think that the trudeau government is going into a a fall election in a kind of a precarious position, right? Um, we've had the Jody Wilson-Raybould stuff on the table now and the ethics commissioner telling our prime minister that he's broken ethical ru- uh, rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be looking to try and uh, establish themselves on some some uh, uh, election promises um, that are going to be holding them in good stead, right? Mm-hmm. No one would deny that conversion therapy is is bad and yeah. should not be practiced. Um, so I would imagine they're going to be writing that um, quite carefully, you know, uh, putting it forward as a policy that's positive for the country. But I would imagine not pushing too hard at this point, you know, if if for nothing other than surely practical reasons, you know, they, it's going to take quite some time to get it through. I mean, even if they decided to push it through as a criminal law, it's going to take a long time to have a look at the constitutional implications. So I think we will see it coming up in the um, federal election, but I'm not sure we're going to see it as a, as a as a central platform. All right, Leanne, thanks for your time. Thank you. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Special thanks to my guest, Leanne Falder. More from her at edmontonjournal.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>